This podcast is part of the TPS Radio Sports Podcast Network at www.tpsradio.net. Hey guys, it's Internet Dave here, and I know you've clicked on the Sunday Night Showdown Lockdown Archive, and it's coming for you right now, but as you can see, it is only the last 90 minutes. We had a few issues uh, on during the live broadcast, but we know that you're going to enjoy what we did here. Of course, we pick it up right in the middle of the uh, Kurt Angles-Mr. Anderson match, then of course, led next by AJ Styles and, Des- and D'Angelo De Niro. And then, of course, Team Hogan versus Team Flair in lethal lockdown. And then a, a bit of post-game, a few phone calls, and uh, and the wrap-up, of course. Don't forget to join us uh, live this Sunday for Extreme Rules on behalf of WWE, if they can get back from, uh, from England in time. And uh, until then, enjoy this archive. Here it comes, the last and most important 90 minutes of lockdown. run he beats everybody and and wonderkin beats him in six minutes that was a horrible ending to a great angle but i think uh the parallel is good because uh it seems like it's going to follow an exact pattern although aj's not going to lose it in six minutes well yeah i'm or look at it that was one of my logics or orlando jordan may interfere or daniels one of those two, or I'm just going to stick with my prediction and do the TNA version of JBL and Cena. Well, that's a uh, that's a great quick pick there, Mike, and uh, we thank you a lot for uh, for calling in to give us your uh, predictions. And feel free to uh, call in any time on the uh, on the Skype line here at Sunday Night Showdown. Anderson's tapping, but of course the match can't end with a tap. That's right. As he reverses the 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 ankle lock, and Kurt Angle hits face first into the cage. Both men are down, and Kurt, Mr. Anderson is uh, closer to to the exit. And once again, thanks to Mike for calling in on the yeah, thank uh, you, Skype line here on Sunday Night Showdown. And this match has been absolutely spectacular as Kurt Angle goes what? back into his tights and pulls out the dog tag, and I believe oh, he's okay. going to cut Mr. Oh, no, he's, he's he puts the uh, chain around around his uh, Ken Anderson's neck, and he's uh, choking him, and a little bit of retribution there for the uh, prior maneuver in the match where Anderson removed his uh, uh, wrist tape and was uh, vehemently choking uh, Kurt Angle earlier on. Guys, I mean, it's a case where this has been a, uh, color or not, this has been a blood feud. This has been a 
a really long-standing issue between these two guys, and this has just been an unbelievable way to very likely wrap it up. I mean, right now we have no idea who's going to win this match. The door is open. I, I have to admit, I didn't like the whole military part to this to this storyline, but this has been a blood feud, and well, I mean, and, this and is bringing out the best in Kurt Angle. And Dave, you, you can see that what's going on here. Oh! Wow. And a nut shot gonna, for the ending. What's going on here is that Kurt Angle uh, basically choked <laughs> out. He choked out Ken Anderson, spit in his face, gave him the back heel kick to the lower uh, testicular region, and simply walked out of the cage onto the floor. And referee Slick Johnson declares Kurt Angle the winner. And well, be- maybe this is the blow-off between Angle and Anderson. It pretty much has to be, I would think. Although, like I said, I mean, if Kurt Angle is indeed taking this month off, how does that look for Anderson when he ends up not winning this this feud? As the the replay of the moonsault, it almost looks like um, it almost looks like uh, the collarbone of Kurt Angle is what hit the head of Ken Anderson. I mean, if they had hit head to head, they would have both, been, both been knocked out. Oh, yeah. well, it could have been a lot worse than that. Kind of a double concussion or worse. But oh my God, what a what an ending to an an incredible storyline, and I mean, from a certain perspective, guys, it's, it's like we always say with TNA. Despite all the bullshit, there's usually two or three matches that stand out huge, and make all the difference. Well, and he, here is the announcement by Kurt Angle to the fans in the arena in St. Louis and uh, on the paper worldwide pay per view uh, broadcast is that. Kurt Angle is taking some time off and stepping away from TNA for a for a time, and he he's saying he's not saying for how long, but that he when he does come back, he will be going directly after the TNA World Heavyweight Championship and the World Heavyweight Champion, whomever that might be at the time where Kurt Angle uh, comes back to TNA, and of course. Um, He's needed some time off for a long time. Although, you know, right now, he looks, Dave, in the best shape that I've seen him in the last six months. He's He's got some uh, muscle mass about him again, and he, he looks in great shape. And I think that he's just... He's just tired. He needs some He needs some time off. Yeah, he's he been, really does. He's been through a lot with the uh, divorce from Karen and from within the same company, watching Karen uh, and Jeff Jarrett... Um, Incept their relationship, and, yep. and subsequently, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the two of them are scheduled to be married in the not-too-distant future, and that has to have been hard on Kurt, no matter what kind of uh, uh, bumps and bruises he's been, uh, uh, you know, trying to take care of over the last little while, the uh, the whole thing. Uh, good on Kurt Angle, he does need some time off, and he, he and Ken Anderson and the whole... Angle and the whole series of matches between the two of them have been absolutely fan-freaking-tastic. And kudos to Ken Anderson, who obviously um, was shit on somewhat on his exit from World Wrestling Entertainment as being not a very good worker. When in fact, and you have to step back and realize that his game was elevated greatly working with Kurt Angle at the onset of his arrival in TNA and throughout this whole program. And it'll be interesting, A, to see how much time off 
Kurt Angle takes, B, how they utilize him upon his reemergence into TNA, and C, and very interestingly enough, how they're going to use Mr. Anderson and what new feud and what new That's dance partner, me, what yeah. new dance partner, what new new feud he's going to be um, put up against. And I, I suspect that they're going to keep him in the main event mix and that he might um, get a shot at working with whomever the TNA World Heavyweight Champion might be after this evening's main event between Styles and the Pope. I have a feeling as we kind of turn our focus now to the World Heavyweight Championship that the winner that this is not the first and this is not, well this is the first but this is not the last time these two will face each other. I have, I have a feeling despite the fact that this is in a cage match that D'Angelo De Niro and AJ Styles will have a round 2 coming up at Sacrifice and no matter who wins this one. So, like I said, the, the question of Anderson is is a big one because I I've predicted before tonight. I've predicted tonight, and I pre- I'll probably predict after tonight that that uh, that a certain guy has to win a feud because it's a complete unknown as to where he'd go if he didn't. And this is one of these cases where uh, Ken Anderson has lost his feud. So what the hell do you do next? And it's a it's a mystery. It's a big mystery right now. Well, and I think that uh, we'll definitely find out tomorrow night on Impact, which could be, given the fact of the total, <laughs> you know, influx of, of uncertainty into the talent's arrival from Europe or not for Raw. But Impact tomorrow night could be could be very good, and uh, uh, certainly looking forward to uh, to the the Pope's match coming up right now with the world TNA World Heavyweight Champion, the phenomenal AJ Styles. Oh, I'm back, guys. Sorry about that. I uh, had some issues on my uh, my PC that needed to be taken care of. Unfortunately, we're going to have a lull in the archive uh, as we kind of lost Adobe Edition there for a little yeah, bit. You had and now to clear we're, the deck, did you? I, I did, actually. You know what happened? Uh, I was working on the EFED stuff, which I, I apologize. It's not up as of yet. I think the first... Two little clips are on YouTube, but uh, I'm going to be working on it over the next couple of days as I have some time to do so and get it up for everybody. Uh, I didn't delete the videos that I had already done, so I had about three or four gigabytes of information that was filling up my computer and didn't realize that before the show started tonight. So Adobe just died right in the middle of the fucking broadcast. So... uh, Interesting. We're, we're, everything's fine now. We're we're all good. Hopefully the stream is is coming across fine for you guys. Ustream still broadcasting fine. Shoutcast is still good, but uh, and now just an early, uh, just a easy fix to the archive. It shouldn't be too difficult. So yeah. Um. So now we've got, believe it or not, the match that I think should be the main event of this pay per view. The match that has the best entrance music in professional wrestling today. You mean the beautiful people? They already wrestled. You can slap him if you want. I'll I'll allow it. To me, beautiful people's the best What's entrance in that? wrestling right now. Well, I it, said the TNA, best entrance TNA. music. If we were going with best I, I entrance, it may be somewhere else, but it sure as hell wouldn't be the beautiful skank. No yelling. People. Damn. <laughs> she said that shit. She Boom. Didn't say that shit. Boom has spoken. 
That's right. Yes. But now, you know, in my opinion, I know, I know lethal lockdown is their big thing, but this is your, you know, world heavyweight championship, and, you know, we're going to see and D'Angelo De Niro take on AJ Styles right now. And there must be some volcanic ash um, influx in St. Louis because the Pope is wearing the mask again. God, I'd ha- I hate to be like I'd hate to be there right now. I mean, obviously it's it's uh, affecting airlines. I mean, is it safe to breathe in Europe right now? I'm not sure. It like are people wearing masks everywhere they go, like they normally do in China, 365 days a year. But I mean, uh, we, we got a tweet from or a an, uh, text message from from a. Uh, Tyson Kidd last night saying that they got into New Jersey last night and it took them 40 hours, 4-0, when it came to different train and car and plane travel to finally get to Spain and then get out of Spain into uh, New Jersey. Um, so it's it's been difficult on these WWE guys. And like I said, uh, based on what Corelli told us uh, earlier tonight, I'm thinking very likely we're going to have Monday Night SmackDown and Friday Night Raw, and that's fine with me. If fans in Jersey shit on it tomorrow night, then fuck them. It's fine with me. Which brings a new dynamic to the Monday Night Wars. Not only, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, not only, ladies and gentlemen, can Raw proclaim that they kick the shit out of TNA each and every week, but tomorrow night when SmackDown invades where Raw was supposed to broadcast, then they can say that SmackDown also kicks the ass of TNA Impact on Monday nights. And they should play that angle as uh, we see a Hebner Flair push around as uh, Earl is uh, telling Rick to get the hell out of the arena. And this got that jacket as a souvenir. You're right. He is telling him to get out of it. And that's going to that right there to me is the story right there. Styles is going to lose this title because Flair will not be at ringside to help him attain or retain this title. Excuse me. And AJ, that or he'll show up later. And AJ comes out of the ring uh, admonishing Hebner for tossing his uh, mentor, Ric Flair, to the back. Well, again, this is a one-on-one contest. you got two men inside of a steel cage, so Flair can't really do much other than pass Nux or something on the outside. So, you know, having him gone, I think this is great. This is a good step. Yeah. Can SmackDown beat DNA Impact beat on a... Uh, on a pay-per-view follow-up show, it should be it should be yeah. interesting. NXT because, could beat. Sorry, baby, well, go ahead. NXT did beat Impact. Well, and and even if people didn't tune in to watch SmackDown specifically, um, most people aren't going to know that it's going to be Monday Night SmackDown until they tune into Raw. It, it doesn't matter if that it's SmackDown, audience. if it's Raw. They're still going to draw their WWE audience, and it's still a bigger audience than TNA is right now. And and like I said earlier, I don't think a lot of people are going to shit on it and say, oh, God, this is the SmackDown roster. Fuck this. And and flip over to Impact. I don't think they're going to do that. But Well, it's still going to be Raw's intro. It's still going to be Raw's music, Raw's GM. Yeah. You know, it's just that it's going to be different talent, which they have talent go back and forth all the time, so it's not going to be... Something that people have never seen before. I got a question. Question for everybody. Do you think that even in this day and age with the advent of the internet and social networking, that the majority of majority of people that on a regular weekly basis watch Monday Night Raw, in fact, 
go online and read wrestling websites to get information, or do they just watch the show as any other show on television? I think that the internet wrestling community is a small portion of people that tune in to watch wrestling. And above and beyond that, there are still a lot of people today who, much like myself, don't like to go on and read the spoilers and all of the other things like that because they want to be surprised. And if you read everything about it, then you lose that that air of mystique and that that ability to be surprised. So I think there's still a lot of people out there like that. And like I said, the the IWC is a very small percentage of WWE's followers. A lot of their followers are still the casual fan that don't go and hunt out every little bit of wrestling. I think that's a really good point. I really do. I also think that the casual fans that may just watch Monday Night Raw are going to have to have a chance to see what SmackDown brings to the table once again with their roster. So I think that regardless whether you have Raw superstars or SmackDown superstars, because obviously not all the Raw superstars made their way overseas, you're going to see an influx of, of, uh, of both rosters on this. And I think it's, it's good publicity for, for SmackDown on the USA Network if that, in fact, does happen. Or they could they could literally, Vince McMahon could spin this into we're having the draft next week, so let's have some SmackDown talent on the show to get everybody acquainted with who they are. Not that a lot of people wouldn't know who the SmackDown talent are, considering that even though we have this brand split, you still see both talents show up on a pretty fairly regular basis to both shows. But I believe oh. all the champions are in Europe right now. And I don't even, well, do people tune in just to watch the champions? No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, I, that, that they're, what, what I read this morning was, in fact, that they're going to get, if the necessity was there, that they're going to get some television studio space and time booked in London so they can cut some promos and edit them in to uh, Raw tomorrow night. Yeah. Set up, set up uh, Extreme Rules pay-per-view for next Sunday. Uh, you know what? There's, they can still do that. I would almost say what they should do is, uh, you know, try and get one of the arenas in London and, you know, tape Raw and then just, you know, air it. (laughs) What about doing like they did it for WrestleMania, what was it, two, where they had it in three different locations? Now, that's an idea, too. What about having a little bit in in Europe and a little bit here? They could literally simulcast just like they did WrestleMania, too. Yeah, but that'd be awesome. And apparently Corelli has has pointed out that both... (laughs) Jericho and Swagger are back in the United States. But so. like I said, nobody has, nobody is a vampire like Crelly and is up at three in the morning. Could you imagine being live on Monday Night Raw in London, England, at two in the morning? Yeah, but they wouldn't. <laughs> they didn't even, live at the O2 Arena at two a.m. They wouldn't even have to do it live though. They could do a show well, in England. That's true, but England it would still be kind of neat. And mix it in. I think that that would be really, really cool. And let's face it: at the end of the day, half the time I don't even know who belongs on Raw and who belongs at SmackDown because they're back and forth so often and playing into different storylines. All I'm hoping is to see a lot of the Hart Dynasty on Monday Night Raw tomorrow. If they did that do that, me happy. if they did do it live, Crowley'd probably be the only one in the audience. Either that, or he'd be first in line to get a ticket. But uh, it's it's interesting because everybody always makes this argument that oh, the draft doesn't mean anything because uh, both rosters appear on both shows. To me, the time between WrestleMania and the draft 
is okay, or even the time before WrestleMania and the draft is okay for guys to appear on both shows, like Batista, like Jack Swagger, like Jericho, because he did a couple of times, like the tag team champions where, I mean, Miz is a U.S. champion and a Raw main event, a, a Raw competitor, but basically it was his entire promo that was during that six-man tag on SmackDown this week. The time between the, the road to WrestleMania and the draft is fine. Let them appear on both shows. Once the draft happens, then they're stuck on, on those shows for like nine and a half months. Then it can flow again because you need both shows to promote WrestleMania sure. and the quick follow-up to WrestleMania before the draft. So to me, it's fine. I might be the only one that thinks that, no. but to me, it's fine. No, I, I would tend to agree with you, Dave. And uh, I, I think that obviously the, the lead-in to the draft would be that the segregation of the the talent to their own specific shows will be increased, except, of course, for the stipulated champions that can freely go around from show to show. Yeah, well, that's only the tag champions. Yeah, so. yeah. So I, I think that you'll, you'll see the segregation of the talent from Raw to SmackDown greatly leading into yeah. the draft, which, of course, is coming up a week in, from tomorrow. in one week tomorrow. Well, don't forget that uh, the stipulation from last Monday was that if The Miz beat David Hart Smith, that Bret the Hitman Hart would have to come out tomorrow night and say that Show Miz is the greatest tag team of all time. To he, me, He was at PWA last night saying that the Nightmares were the greatest tag team of all time. Well, you could make the argument. Right. Uh, Tex Gaines and Dirty Duke Durango, of course, being the Nightmares. But... Um, I, I hope that doesn't spoil anything for anyone else. But, uh, J.J., it's a case where uh, the draft could be a very interesting broadcast uh, in eight days. And, I mean, we'll certainly be talking about it uh, uh, next week in kind of match breaks between extreme rules. But uh, tomorrow night and Friday night should be pretty normal pay-per-view countdown shows, no matter who's on what brand. But I'll make the prediction now. Hart Dynasty does get the tag title shots. But they lose because Show Miz is too valuable not to have on both broadcasts. Wow, a pre-quick pick from ID. Yes, a pre-quick pick, absolutely. Well, now, is there an actual title match set for Show Miz against the Hart Dynasty or well, something? Well, don't forget that it was uh, it was David Hart Smith against against uh, the Miz, and if they won, they got the tag title shot, and if not. Bret Hart would have to say that Show Miz was the greatest tag team of all time, and of course, uh, well, the Miz won. The Miz won, yeah, but, but I have a feeling they'll have they'll turn it around tomorrow night. I, I'm pretty sure that he's not going to come out and say that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure something else is going to happen. Or he might say that in harmony and then correct and himself. Exactly. You know, and exactly. It's and not just going to be a meaningful Show Miz is the greatest tag team that you know ever reigned because let's face it, they're not. And Brett, of all people, is not going to say that. Well, you know what? If they do ever have a uh, a, a 2 a.m. pay-per-view in London, Crelly has said he'll uh, pre-order tickets. Once again, he might be the only one there, but that'd be a pretty fucking cool stipulation, I think. Right now, we've got a great match going on between uh, AJ Styles and the Pope, although there was a, a slight botch there a second ago as AJ attempted a move, and I don't know if... Uh, if he couldn't get him up, or if he just didn't jump enough for him, but it wasn't looking too uh I think that he good. miscalculated his jump is actually what I, it I was. I think that's yeah. exactly what happened. Yes, yes. But right now, Styles is in total control 
of uh, D'Angelo De Niro. And look at that cocky attitude of AJ Styles. He's been angry since this match started, and he's just now starting to take advantage of the situation. Well, he certainly has the uh, have had the measure of the offensive uh, uh, maneuvering around the match so far. And uh, once again, uh, as as uh, the Pope tries to mount some offensive uh, maneuvering, uh, AJ cuts him off. You know, I I kind of want to break away for something real quick. I know the chat room is talking about uh, Cowboy Stadium uh, is scheduled to be imploded. I, I was I was it, very it was it was no imploded. it was not it's scheduled to be. What I'm getting to that. I was a little upset that last week they imploded uh, Texas Stadium. Correct me. Yes. Yes. And, uh, you know, being that I am from the United States and that I, I spent a lot of time in the Texas, Arkansas, Oklahoma region, uh, I was a big fan, of course, of the Von Ericks. And uh, Texas Stadium, you know, held one major memory for me, and that was when uh, Kerry Von Erich beat Ric Flair for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. 46,000 that evening? Somewhere I, around there? I think. I'm not really sure of the number. I think, I think, I think it, it was. was that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to say, and even I talked to my friend Mark Russo, who actually lives in Rockwall, Texas, which is just on the outskirts of Dallas. Um, you know, he was talking about driving by the other day and seeing this big open space where Texas Stadium used to be. And so it, it kind of it, it saddened me a little bit to know that, you know, a piece of history in Dallas is gone. I mean, they took the down... The Sportatorium is gone? I was yep. just about to say yep. that, too. Thank you. Uh, the Sportatorium is gone, and now Texas Stadium is gone. So uh, it's kind of sad. The, but the Mark Lawrence is, is not gone. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, you never, you never liked Mark Lawrence. You know, and, and Mark Cuban is still there, so what the hell? Yes. There you go. Yes, he is. It'll be there for a long time. Oh, Mike Medano's not going to be in Dallas too much longer either, I don't think. I don't think anybody knows who's listening to us right now, uh, Dave, who the hell Mike Medano is. But anyways, well, he's the Harmony long-time, doesn't even long-time captain of the Dallas Stars hockey team, which I think draws. Suck. Well, well yeah, they, they know that. Yes, suck. they did suck this year, along with the Edmonton Oilers and Calgary, Calgary Flames. Flames. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Anyways, Harmony. Calgary who still has a team. Yeah. No, not in the playoffs. No, <laughs> much like Dallas. Yes. They, they don't really much have a team because they pretty much all got traded off. That's yes. true. That's true. But. Oklahoma City does have a team, and the Thunder are in the first round of the NBA playoffs against the vaunted Los Angeles Lakers. Very nice. Yes. Very nice. Anyways, back to the action in the ring in the main event for the TNA World Heavyweight Championship here at Lockdown and on the Sunday Night Showdown radio network. And, and Harmony, by the way, have you gotten over the fact that, in fact, it's now a network? I'm really, to be quite honest, not home enough to care. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, if you guys want to have a show fucking network, <laughs> have a fucking network, and all enjoy <laughs> the tulips and the cherry blossoms and the sunflowers. Well, sunflowers aren't yet out yet, but the sun in Vancouver. Well, all of you guys enjoy well, your network. Anyways, <laughs> enjoy the sun in Vancouver because it's not that sunny in Vancouver that often. Oh, it is. No, oh, I see. Okay, I, you, and if you if it, even if it's not sunny, Harmony, I'm sure you bring a ray of sunshine to the gloom and doom and dreariness of the lower mainland of Vancouver, British Columbia. D'Angelo De Niro getting the advantage as he just hit a headbutt from the top onto AJ Styles goes for the cover, and of course, uh, two count only. Are the studios moving JJ to Vancouver? <laughs> uh, maybe one day. <laughs> they may have to because, well, you know. Pretty soon, it's just going to be 
all there in a weekend here. <laughs> well, I, we, we might have to completely move the SNS Radio Network to Vancouver, and I'd be okay with that. You'd like Vancouver. I think I would. Yeah, it's kind of like Seattle, only way better. AJ hits the Pele, goes for the pin, but uh, De Niro kicks out at two. And you know what's the best part of Vancouver? They make your bed for you every day. There's this well, that, like magical, only... mystical thing. Yeah, but that's, that's only because made. you've been living in a hotel. Although, if you if you hit the lottery, you can hire a maid and have your bed freshly made every day. Hey, guys, we actually have a caller on the line. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who is this? I was wanting to ask one more thing. Yeah, man, go ahead. I was wanting to know where Christopher Daniels is. I haven't seen him in, on TNA for over two months. Okay, well, um, if you caught the uh, April 3rd uh, Big Bang pay-per-view on behalf of Ring of Honor, Christopher Daniels basically showed up and uh, challenged the teen, or the ROH roster, he's gone. He asked for his release. Eric Bischoff granted him his release. He's being booked all over the place. Wasn't he in Winni- I think he was in Winnipeg a couple of nights ago. Winnipeg he's, Friday night, yes. He's, he's in Mexico. He's in Ring of Honor. And he's in he's in Independence. All right. So, uh, hey, hang on hang a second. We've got a major spot. Ahead, Styles JJ. standing on top of the cage. And he missed it. Wow. He dives, misses. D'Angelo De Niro goes oh. for the roll-up. Oh, two-count only. Pin, pin that, w- that was weak. But, uh, yeah, that's where he is. He's everywhere but TNA and WWE. And oh, I co- okay. And I couldn't be happier for him. D'Angelo De Niro yeah. hit, hits a code breaker. This could be it. Oh, Man. so close. Unfortunately, Earl Hebner gives it away with every... Uh, he moves With every his, two and a half. He, he moves his left arm every time, and it's a dead giveaway that there's no three count coming. He really has. I mean, the only other guy that I ever saw with a more blatant giveaway of a non three count was Nick Patrick. Well, there, there was that ref that stuck would stick his hand under the that, guy's that's shoulder. Nick Patrick. Yeah, yes, push him yes. up at three. Yes. All right. Wow. Anything else, man? He's gone. Oh, okay. All right. Very, very good away, match Dave. so far. <laughs> Dave, did you scare a caller away? I answered his question. What the hell? What did he do? He, he took, just he handed. He, he just took a took, pen from the cameraman. Oh, uh, well, looks like Styles going to retain then. It's the four color bic. That's going to hurt. Oh, you needed an eye, but I think did he just pop him in the eye with that? Yeah. You'd think he did, yeah. Jesus, he stabbed him in the eye by TNA. Ladies and gentlemen, the pin is truly mightier than the sword in TNA wrestling. Nice. Oh, God. That was funny. As we hit the Styles Clash. Could it be the beginning of the end? The McCool Clash. After the stab in the eye? The Faith Breaker. Yes. Goodbye. Wow. Too bad. A really good match gets ruined by a really bad last 30 seconds. By a stab in the eye. Guys, what are we thinking here? AJ Styles stabs D'Angelo De Niro in the eye with a pin. Better be stabbed in the eye with a pen than stabbed in the back. Well, guys, i got to tell you one. Hold on. Better to be stabbed in the eye with a pen than stabbed in the ass by the iron cheek. I fucking knew you were going to say that. I would humble you. I would fuck you in the ass. Jesus Jesus Christ. But more anal, more anal promos from the Iron Sheik right here, oh, ladies and gentlemen, on me. Sunday Night Showdown. 
Wow. <laughs> I will put you in camouflage Not and again. fuck you in the eye. Again he goes with it. <laughs> the pen poke of doom, as it's being called. We had the finger poke of doom. Now we've got the pen poke it's of doom. It's the poke in the eye. Come on. And here, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in the pay-per-view, Eric Bischoff, and he doesn't have a word to say to uh, JB. Welcome to the him? Showdown Championship Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion, Mike, the king of all Italy, Siciliano, as we're ready for for a lethal lockdown to begin in, in a couple of minutes as they uh, scrape D'Angelo De Niro off the canvas. Or what's left of his eye. Or what's left of his eye, that's right. And you know, it could end up being one of four colors, because it was the, the four-colored pen, a uh, four-colored bick. He could have red eye, for all we know. Black, yellow, or green. Well, guys, yes. I'll tell you one thing. When it comes to uh, four or five guys being bloodied, a pen to the eye, Jeff Hardy getting a getting flames into his eyes, um, a lot of color, Abyss getting hit by a car, right? For the fans who have the kids who watch WWE every week, they're not going to let their kids watch Impact anymore after all of this shit. So. Bischoff said on Bubba the Love Sponge that the 18 to 34 demographic is all that matters to them. And, yeah, it, it's certainly going to arrive that way. But, obviously, Vince is more concentrated on diversifying his audience rather than concentrating on just one group of people. Yeah, but you know what? It was that age group that saved WWE. It was that age group that took them out of bankruptcy, basically, is what they would have ended up to the king of the world, which put WCW under. So for WWE to be going back to that PG-friendly, people-friendly thing, and TNA to be going after that that age group, that's the most well-sought-after age group in the first place. Why wouldn't they want to go after them? There's more of them. They've got more money to spend. That demographic harmony was all part of the Attitude Era when when WWE... um, Ratings and pay-per-view buy rates went sky high. And they're not around no more. Well, they are screwing up tonight. The production just had Team Flair as Abyss was making his way down to the ring. And Abyss has a bag, which can only mean tax or broken glass. Or ballpoint pins. And what's up with his rain gear as his new <laughs> <laughs> entrance? I mean, is it going to... I, I didn't know that they had a retractable roof, David, in the arena. Actually, I can answer that question. Yeah. Uh, the, the rumors circulating around the TNA locker room is that, in fact, they are looking at making uh, another sequel to I Know What You Did Last Summer, and apparently they've got the rain gear on Abyss. He's been scheduled to be the uh, the killer. So there you go. All right. I still can't get past... Reasonable explanation, by the way. I still can't yes. get past... I'd rather be poked in the eye than fucked in the ass. I can't get past it. Get past it, Dave. Get past it. Three times. So, so would, would you rather be fucked in the ass by the Iron Sheik? Jesus. Wow. Has it deteriorated? You always shit on me for the deterioration of my potty mouth, and you come up with that three times tonight? I was quoting the Iron Sheik. Thank you very much. Right. You know, I I think one day, when we see the end of beer money, that maybe they'll decide to put the World Heavyweight Championship belt around the waist of Robert Roode, because he, to me, is, if not the best wrestler in TNA, he's certainly number two behind AJ. Well, I think Robert Roode, you know, and remember back when they signed him to a a multi-year contract, I think Robert Roode is a standout guy that they could really build uh, into a world champion one day, and I think that... He should be one of those main event talents 
uh, at some point down the road here in TNA. I'd like to see Beer Money gone, to be quite honest. I like Storm as a singles wrestler, and I like Rude as a singles wrestler. And I think when they split that team up, they're going to have one hell of a feud between the two of them. And, and I think that Rude has a has a big a, a big career ahead of him as a main event uh, talent with TNA Wrestling. All right, so don't forget the stipulations here. Robert Rude and Abyss are going to get us started for the first five minute period. Then another member of Team Hogan will join the group. Then two minutes after that, a member of Team Flair will join back and forth and back and forth. Hence the advantage that Rob Van Dam earned at the beginning of the program. Big kick to the head by uh, missed him by, by abyss missed him by that much, that much. Yeah. yeah that was quite a bit and uh, just like a typical war game scenario the the roof will uh, will close the the weapons will come down and then it's pin or submission to to finish the match but when like I said you got eight guys in a ring to me that the clusterfuck of it is what kind of ruins it for me and that's why war games needed and had to have two rings because. Otherwise, it looked really pathetic. Uh, two things I'd like to make mention of the fact, uh, just taking time out for the beginning of the uh, Lethal Lockdown uh, main event portion of the uh, Lockdown pay-per-view from St. Louis, Missouri. A, that, uh, in fact, one of, uh, well, the self-proclaimed Canada's greatest athlete, Big Thunder Gene Kaniski, passed away this past Wednesday at the age of uh, 82 at his home in uh, Point Roberts, uh, state of Washington, um, I, at one point, was uh, very good friends with his eldest son, Kelly. Um, also, Nick was uh, was a wrestler for a short time. And the whole Kaniski family was uh, quite something. Gene Kaniski was originally a, uh, a very well-trained uh, collegiate football player and was a, a star um, with the Edmonton Eskimos of the Canadian Football League, strangely enough, at the time, with another wrestling, well, he went on to be a wrestling world champion in the AWA, the very famous at the time, Wilbur Snyder. Uh, uh, the two of them were teammates with the Edmonton Eskimos. And Gene Kaniski uh, wrestled all the greatest champions of the NWA, the Briscoe brothers, the Funk brothers, Harley Race, um, Whipper Billy Watson at the end of his career, and uh, um, later on in his career, went on to be part owner of the famous All-Star Wrestling promotion out of Vancouver, British Columbia, uh, where he and Dutch Savage, um, the infamous Dutch Savage from uh, Portland Wrestling's Big Time Wrestling, and Don Owen uh, had a conglomeration that bought All-Star Wrestling. And uh, at the time, All-Star Wrestling was seen across the country in Canada uh, with some famous wrestlers like Don Leo Jonathan and, uh, and Gene Kaniski. Uh, amongst others, and uh, sad to say that uh, Gene passed away this last week and uh, gave many of us uh, in the late, well, certainly the mid-60s to uh, uh, early 80s, some great memories, and nobody cut a promo like Gene Kaniski, and I'd like to take this opportunity to uh, thank my fellow Canadians in the American viewing audience for allowing us in your homes via TV and as usual, Ron, and that was Ron Moray, the host of All-Star Wrestling at the time. You did a great job. Thank you. The pleasure's been all yours. And he ended his promos like that for 20 years and uh, nobody greater uh, certainly uh, as far as a uh, Canadian wrestling legend may, may be failing um, Whipper Billy Watson and and Brett the Hitman Hart than uh, 
Big Thunder, Gene Kaniski, and he will be sadly and sorely missed um, in the world of professional wrestling. And he was not that long ago inducted into uh, the Cauliflower Alley uh, Hall, of Flame, Hall of Fame as well as the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. And uh, uh, I, I read some very interesting uh, remarks that uh, Jim Ross, who this year will be inducted into the Cauliflower Alley uh, Hall of Fame, uh, when he reminisced this past week on his own uh, blog about Big Thunder Gene Kaniski, and it was uh, very, very uh, well done, and uh, I, I, I really um, like to thank uh, the whole Kaniski family for the many years of, of greatness that they uh, gave towards the the whole genre of professional wrestling. Absolutely. As uh, the five-minute period has expired between Abyss and Robert Roode, and Rob Van Dam now joins in to the party to make it a two-on-one advantage based on his win against James Storm earlier. And once again, in about a minute and a half, everyone else, or one more person from Team Flair will join the party. All right, let's run it down if you are just joining us. Rob Van Dam defeated James Storm in match number one to gain this advantage for Team Hogan. And, yes, Abyss was hit by a car six days ago, but doesn't seem any worse for wear. Yes, we realize it, and we are as benign to it as you guys are. Homicide defeats Alex Shelley, Chris Saban, and Brian Kendrick in a four-way dance escape match to join the X Division Championship match, of course, because Douglas Williams could not get back from from Great Britain in time for the pay-per-view. Kevin Nash defeats Eric Young. The Beautiful People defeated Angelina Love and Tara by pinfall, where Madison Rain now becomes the new individual knockout champion. So now, like The Miz, she has two belts. Kazarian defeated Shannon Moore and Homicide in match number five to become the new TNA X Division champion. Team 3D defeated the band, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, who like Homicide, uh, pulled double duty tonight because X-Pac decided that TNA wasn't paying him him enough, so he decided not to show up. Rumor. Kurt Angle over Mr. Anderson in a fantastic contest. And AJ Styles defends successfully against D'Angelo De Niro in a steel cage match for the World Championship thanks to a pin to the eye from a cameraman. (laughs) So... uh, he hold, holds on the to his belt. The cameraman didn't poke him in the eye, Dave. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Thanks to stealing a pen from a cameraman. Yes. As Desmond Wolf is going to come to uh, even the odds for Team Flair here in St. Louis. Wolf. My apologies, yes. Desmond Wolf. Thank you, Crelly. You've ruined my life. Anyway, D'Angelo De Niro loses to AJ Styles, but don't don't expect that to be the end of the story. And of course, uh, we're in the middle of uh, Team Hogan versus Team Flair. Lethal lockdown. And uh, Robert Roode just hit a nut shot on, on Abyss. And once again, yeah, Abyss was hit by a car six days ago, but apparently now that doesn't... hit the nuts. <laughs> he got hit in the nuts, so who the hell, who the hell knows now? And uh, Desmond Wolf uh, entering the Lethal Lockdown match, and he has an, another new set of uh, wrestling gear. And uh, like I said earlier in the broadcast tonight on Sunday Night Showdown, the... Uh, uh, seamstress department at TNA busy this week, but uh, uh, once again tomorrow night should be a very interesting night with the trifecta of Monday night wrestling shows. Of course, TNA Impact, uh, Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, whichever the case may be, and of course uh, Ring of Honor on High Def Net. And and you know I really hope that soon that that uh, 
somebody in Canada picks up, although, you know, we do have high def net in Canada, but unless you have high definition from one of your local providers like Shaw or Rogers or TELUS, um, you're not going to see it. And I've heard, Dave and Harmony, rumblings around the SCORE television network from a good friend of, well, at least mine, um, Moro and Allo, that, in fact, um, they are looking at, and they might have an option at picking up not only um, um, High Def Net's feed for Ring of Honor on a, on a deal, but also um, NXT from Global. Because, of well, course, NXT is airing in Canada on Global, I believe. 4 a.m. Sunday morning. Is it 4 a.m. or 3 a.m.? It's like an hour and a half after Saturday Night Live right. finishes. Right. As Jeff Jarrett joins in for Team, as Jeff Jarrett joins in right. for Team Hogan, well, apparently NXT last week was pretty fucking terrible, according to the official NXT reviewer on Tuesday Night Unplugged programs. But uh, Jeff Jarrett is, is ready to join in. As uh, Jeff Hardy will be the anchor for uh, for Team Hogan, and very likely Sting will be the anchor for uh, <coughs> for Team Flair, as we expect uh, the Cowboy James Storm to join us. Just next. doesn't have the feel of War Games as we're rejoined by uh, JJ. I'm just wondering if uh, if Jeff Hardy is going to be wearing a face mask tonight, considering his fireball uh, incident where he was singed pretty good. Well, Abyss was hit by a car and didn't even limp on the way down to the ring, so. And RVD, of course, uh, showing the, the effects of him getting cut open on Impact. It's just been a bloody mess this week in TNA and certainly on the uh, lockdown pay-per-view. Lots of color. Well, like I said, I mean, that's the uh, the Flair Bischoff 18-34 to demographic influence. They want to do exactly the opposite of what Vince is doing. I'm 18 to 34, closer to the 18 than 34. Absolutely. And, um, I love the blood. He's doing well. How close to the 18 are you? Because I would hate to think that I was uh, a pedo. Well, I'm legal. Th- that <laughs> well, thank th- God for that. That you were misled, and, and in fact, your your current wife is is a lot younger than what you initially thought. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, very interesting. I'd I like to a see a driver's license. But I was about 13 when I had her. So. Yee. Well, that's wow. a that's a topic for another show. Yeah. What, this isn't Jerry Springer harmony. <laughs> it's not? I'm just saying, I mean, I'm so closer to the 18 than the 34, unlike the rest of my cohorts here. I'm I'm just about out of the 18 to 34 demographic. As uh, James Storm comes to the ring, taking a swig of the Budweiser or kerosene, <laughs> as the case may be, yeah. Don't forget there's the bag that Abyss left... Uh, Inside the cage that has either the uh, the 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 tacks or the uh, broken glass or uh, or the the selected weapon of the Iron Sheik, we haven't decided yet. But uh, as Van Dam's been recut open from his earlier cut from earlier tonight. No more Iron Sheik references, please. Oh, okay. Ever again. (laughs) I put you in camouflage. Not again. Uh Oh, I break your back. Oh no. Ever or I'll pull the plug. I humble you. Full network. The whole network. Pull the plug out of your husband. You are not around to care. Uh-oh. Yikes. Sensational Sean will have nothing to do for 
for seven days a week if we pull the network. I don't give a shit. Damn. Ladies and gentlemen, officially, <laughs> Harmony does not give a shit. Breaking news, <laughs> Harmony doesn't give a shit. Shit, shit, shit. Guys, don't forget, shit. if you're if you're ever in Calgary, please give us a call and, and we'll hang up. Hang out with you and hang up or hang out. Hang Speak out with for you. yourself. I have a light. Jeff and Harmony will pick you up at the airport. And we'll have a grand old again. Time. Here it here it comes. You must the, want to eat my size twelve boot right now. <laughs> if anybody picks anybody up at the airport, bitch, it's you. That's only because I live the closest. To That's the exactly You're not be right. Offering dates with the Iron Sheik now, are you? <laughs> 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 wow. I'm going to call the Iron Sheik and see if. Uh, See if Dave can get an interview with him. Well, rumor has it that we're going to be uh, <laughs> regressing back to a former format on a former show with some uh, with some guests here on Sunday, Sunday Night Showdown in the next little while. And who better to bust it out with the new format than the Iron Sheik? I thought you wanted those wow. references. The Hot Shot Johnny Devine. Hey, Jeff Hardy is really taking his Razor time here. Ramon. So. Oh Booker shit. Key. Look what happened. Sting hit Jeff Jarrett with a bat. Bull Buchanan. Jeff Hardy with a bat. Bull Buchanan. Okay, Jesus sure. Christ. Right. See, you can't really tell if Jeff Hardy's burned because he looks like a dead fish. Well, he's painted, yes. Because he looks like a fish yeah. with that dead he, paint. He looks like an outtake from fucking Finding Nemo. Good God, look at Rob Van Dam. <laughs> he was staring at the camera to see if, if uh, Hardy was going to show Ouch. up. And, of course, there's the camera hole in the side of the cage, and Storm was uh, raking the uh, the already bloodied and battered forehead of RVD uh, along the, the opening of that said cage. Uh, uh, we're going to have to change this to uh, bathed in blood, the pay-per-view, I guess. Yeah. And don't forget that we haven't uh, seen more than about 10 seconds of Eric Bischoff, because if he did not have a role tonight, we, we would not have seen him at all. And, and Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. We've really only seen Hulk Hogan the once. Yeah, the during the interview with, with, with Christy Hemme. So, yeah. so could it be a Bischoff turning on Flair, turning on Hogan issue? I mean, we haven't even seen Ric Flair come to the ring. He did. He was banned from ringside when AJ had his championship match. But oh my you would God. think Flair would come down to the ring. What the hell is going on with this shit tonight? Van Dam is a guy that is used to wrestling a stiff style in the ring. I literally just saw a pulled punch where he came three feet away and didn't even touch him. What the fuck is going on with this company tonight? If you guys are going to do professional wrestling, then by God, make it look like professional wrestling. Holy shit. And we all know it's a work, but please make it look like a shoot. You know what? I feel like turning this shit off and throwing in the heart DVD and actually watching some real fucking wrestling. Yeah, we, we actually watched that last night. Yeah, and, all four of us have seen it now. And uh, we were watching, of course, one of my favorite re- matches of all times. We've only watched a few of the matches, but um, one of my favorites of all times. And I'm watching it and thinking, Are whatever you happened. To the, to the match at Wembley? Yes, I am. Okay, all right. And I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, whatever happened to wrestling? This is the wrestling that I fell in love with, and it is not at all like that anymore. And, and did you really enjoy the match with it that 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 Brett and Bruce and Keith had against the Kiwis and Dynamite Kid? And I did it, not know that the Kiwis were the Bushwhackers. The Bushwhackers. You didn't <laughs> know that, eh? Of, she had I had to like. I had to do like you actions tell it was Luke and, Bush? and like little noises and stuff. Wow. The only thing I'd, I'd like to say about the, the heart and soul uh, heart family 
anthology DVD is I, I really, I, A, I really enjoyed the biography portion of it where each member of the, well, each member except for Ross Hart, who I found out today, actually declined to be on the DVD, but uh, I thought it was very well done. If you get a chance, pick it up. Um, the, the biography portion was actually narrated by family members, and I thought that was very, very well done. The one downfall I thought of the DVD was the fact that they could have given an uh, a breakdown of, of famous wrestlers that came through Stampede Wrestling, came through the dungeon, were they, trained by Stu Hart, they and other than but other they still than, can. Well, they, other than really uh, the little bit of a uh, uh, you know a, a tribute so by much. Chris Jericho and Mad Dog Vashon, I, I really thought they missed the boat in doing that. I remember back in in '05 when they when they had the Hall of Fame induction ceremony and and. Superstar Billy Graham and Don Morocco and a number of other guys that got inducted last year gave kudos to uh, to Stu Hart and, and Stampede Wrestling for, for training them. And I, I really thought that other than that, it was a stellar DVD. And I personally, I think, speaking on behalf of everybody on this show, enjoyed it, Harmony. Well, don't speak on behalf of me because, you know, you're always wrong. No, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you know the, my ex-wife? The, Anyways. <laughs> the DVD wasn't so much about Stampede. It was about the hearts and about the family. And I think that it was good. And I think there's still that door open if they want to do something more on Stampede. I mean, they own all that footage. So I don't see why we wouldn't see that in the future. But, I mean, that WWE excels at at the stories, at the biographies in these DVDs. And I couldn't wait to get this. And we picked it up yesterday, and we watched it last night, and couldn't wait to see it. It was, it was done really, really, really well. It was, it was a really great watch. The extras were were great, and the matches were great. I would have liked to see more matches than what was there, but I mean, like I said, we're only a few into it, so. But definitely, definitely well done, and looking forward to seeing the the other retro things that WWE is going to put out as well. They've put out the AWA and some WCW stuff. World class. They own all that footage, so I thought the, the more world, the merrier. I thought the World Class DVD, and I, Jeff, you've seen it too, the World Class DVD was fantastic. It is. Uh, just breaking into the pay-per-view, I feel like I'm watching a very poorly executed uh, indie promotion uh, as I'm watching multiple people smash... Other people with trash cans and baseball bats and, you know, lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Uh, I'm just, you know what? This match doesn't have any allure for me. They've lowered the cage, obviously. We have all the objects hanging down from the top of the cage. I'm just not feeling it, people. Well, especially because it's a four-on-three permanent advantage for Team Flair based on on the Jeff Hardy incident uh, backstage with, with Sting. So could Hardy just sprint down and, and rush in to to get the the pinfall victory? Yeah, very likely. But like I said, sir, it's a situation like this exact moment right now that WCW was so smart to have two cages and two ri- and two rings for uh, for war games. You know, I'm not sure what's going on in the chat room, but I, I did read a post earlier that basically said as Jeff Jarrett just gets. Forced out of the cage well, I guess they didn't lock the by door. James Storm. Well, yeah, apparently they're not locking the door tonight. I read something that said this is uh, 2010, not 1990. So does that mean that the quality of the wrestling uh, is supposed to get worse as time goes on? Because that's kind of what we've really seen is the, the, uh, the generation of the professional wrestling business. So 
Yeah, it's not 1990. I expect a lot better. I expect a lot better. And you know what? Having seen a lot of the retro um, DVDs lately from WWE, and certainly the some of the matches that I watched on the Heart and Soul um, family anthology, uh, you know what? The, a lot of the matches from Wembley to uh, a lot of them that were on that DVD and some of the other DVDs, um, certainly Brett's DVD and the Kurt Henning DVD. Macho um, Man DVD. Yeah, the Macho Man DVD. You know what? In in a very succinct and short explanation, ladies and gentlemen, the matches and the wrestling was better then than now. And the stories? And the stories. Absolutely. And, uh, and what's really cool about these DVDs is because we've gone into a new generation and there's so many new viewers and so many new fans that never got the opportunity to see all of all of these things in the past, they're getting to see it and they're getting to experience things that we got to experience and learn about these things and where everything came from. So, And they're seeing, especially one, one thing that I'd like to mention, they're seeing the magnitude of the way the build to the pay-per-view and, and clo- at the time, closed-circuit matches were back in the day. The build to the Wembley Stadium match with Davey and, and Brett, the build to Mania 3 in front of 94,000 or 93 and change at the Pontiac Silverdome. Uh-huh. Uh, just break in really quick. Jeff Hardy has come down to the ring and is uh, cleaning house with a kendo stick. Jeff Jarrett... Off the top with the guitar, shot on Desmond Wolf right upside the head. Wolf. RVD up top for the five star frog splash. Well, James Storm hit uh, hit Abyss with a with a beer bottle, which kind of took him out. That's when Jeff Hardy showed up, and he hits Desmond Wolf with the five star. And Abyss is uh, basically making his way to his feet as he's in the thumbtacks. Sting setting up for the stinger splash, I thought, but no, he clotheslines Abyss. Hits him twice, and Abyss still on his feet. He goes for a third time, but Abyss counters with a choke slam into the thumbtacks. Sting the icon in the thumbtacks. Oh, you know, and, my God. And now you know why, J.J., he's wearing a T-shirt. <laughs> Jeff Hardy outside with, uh, with oh, Jesus, with uh, Robert Roode. And instead of going into the cage, he climbs to the top. He'll probably hit some sort of swanton. Don't forget, this is the third time we've seen this. We saw it with AJ, and we saw it with Kurt. And uh, beer money on the outside, and it looked like that maybe for a second that Jeff Hardy was going to uh, swanton onto beer money, but no, James Storm now scaling the outside of the uh, lethal lockdown cage, and Jeff Hardy's waiting for him at the top with uh, garbage can lid in hand and a kendo stick in the other. He's climbing to the top of the cage. I'm almost thinking right now we're going to see a Mick Foley kind of bump as we have Beer Money and Jeff Hardy. Gee, what a surprise. There was a ladder, a chair, and a table on top of the roof. Yeah, who would have thought that? Roof or roof? I'm roof. telling you. <laughs> I'm talking like Crowley now. Roof. I, I think Mick Foley is going to come down and do something here. That would be neat. Well, Although, you know, the silly thing is, is that uh, both members of Beer Money are taking care of Jeff Hardy, which means that. Team Flair has got a disadvantage when it comes to being inside How the cage set up that table, regarding Dave? who's going to get pinned or not. How are they going to set up that table, Dave, on the cage? Well, wouldn't the legs well, sim- go similar through? Similar to how AJ did it with... Well, oh, they they've, got, they've got uh, two-by-fours on either side. Yeah. An exact, 
exactly the distance apart that a table would table's legs. Wow, would be. believe that, eh? Holy shit! Wow. Well, I mean, that's not what they did when uh, James Storm was involved with AJ Styles a couple of years ago when AJ hit that move off the off the top of a ladder. So, as uh, Jeff Hardy's really taking to both members of Beer Money right now, as basically the ring, the action in the ring has stopped as everybody's concentrated on on the roof. It looks like uh, twist of fate. Yeah, he hits the twist of fate on uh, on Storm. Or is that was that rude? That was rude. It was rude. Yeah. I just got an instant message from uh, from Casey Carnage. He expected this pay per view to suck, and he's not disappointed. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, good for I Casey. Think, I think you got to have a, about a fifty fifty scale here. Some of uh, it's been really interesting. I, apparently, you know, Sting is he going to do what I think he's going to do? Same. Th- he's going to put AJ the ladder did. on the top on of the top cage. Of the cage yeah. And yeah. do a swanton. This is what AJ did onto James Storm. Storm on the table. Idiot! They, idiot! They, idiot! They need they need to enact that that uh, ceiling cam that they had. And for he's going to uh, fall through the floor, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight was the night Jeff Hardy committed suicide right here on he TNA. He really doesn't want to go to jail. Somewhere, Chucky Blaze is watching this. Oh, a splash! And he didn't go through, but he did land on that. He landed on the girders. Right yeah. in the secured, they definitely secured the roof. There was not going to be any Mick Foley, uh, King of the Ring kind of stuff. Apparently, that would have been worse. according to Latino 718, Sting went into the tax uh, during his match with Abyss back in 06 when they had that hardcore series. So I forgot about that. And apparently Ric Flair gets his own entrance because all eight men are down. And out. All eight men are down and out, and nobody's standing to make a pinfall. And wow. Ric Flair with music and and a video screen and everything. Well, Hogan will be next, of course. Fuck yeah, of course he will. That's how we'll end it. Hogan will get the leg drop. Well, no, he won't, obviously he won't. He won't do the leg drop. But he'll do oh, the yeah. big boot to Flair and pin Flair. Pin Flair? Yeah, why not? He could just have. He could just direct uh, Abyss to, to pin Desmond Wolf. Oh, he's taking the Hall of Fame ring. His power's gone. Or it could be. Abyssomania is about to not be running wild anymore, Thank ladies God. Yeah, his WWF Hall of Fame ring. His Ric Flair is biting. Oh, here comes Hogan. Gee, what a surprise this is. So predictable, ladies and gentlemen. So predictable. And a half an hour from now, Rick, Rick Fla- Hulk Hogan will reach the ring. Listen, Ric Flair looks great. He doesn't look a day, a day over 66. And Hogan's looking about 70 these days. Jeez. They're going to have to add pay-per-view time for Hogan to get down to the ring. I hope Abyss all, washed his hands today. All Flair wants to do is take the ring from Abyss's fingers. You. And he, he gives the point to Ric Flair. You. Wow. This is epically bad. You see the new Abyss t-shirt that Hogan's wearing? Very yeah. nice, very nice. I'm going to make a t-shirt that says TNA. I paid for this shit? <laughs> Here comes Bischoff. Easy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> gotta say, come on, Hulkster, Hulkster, you promised not to get involved anymore. You promised, Brooke, don't do it. Nut shot to Hogan, I bet. And the best part is we get to follow this up tomorrow rather than on Thursday. Nut shot to Hogan and Team Flair wins. I guarantee oh, it. Oh, God damn it. Give it to me again. How can this match end, Dave? Pinfall so submission? One of the four guys has to pin one of the other four guys. Okay, all right. But see, of, <laughs> of the four guys on each team... Nobody's that, standing. Well, and that's not who we're watching right now. We're watching three guys that aren't supposed to be in the match. 
Give me the bat, Hulkster. Give me the bat. Well, he wow. threw the bat away, so he can't hit Hulk in the back. Bad TV. As Eric goes into his pocket and gives and pulls out a brass pair of knuckles. chocolate-covered brass knuckles. <laughs> and is going to decide who to give it to them. No! He tosses them to the Hulkster. Why would he even feign giving them to Flair? Because all along, it was seeming to the viewing audience that Bischoff was siding with Flair. That's true. in fact, now Hulk is hulking up with the gimmick. Flair will be cut open here in about four seconds. He's already cut open. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. He was cut open the minute he hit the fucking mat, dude. Before, I think. Well, and, and he's landing on tax as well here. Yes, it's rather tacky. Love the way Flair calls spots right out of the open. Love that. <laughs> and Flair kisses the cage. Now, he's the sixth man to bleed? And he kisses the cage again. Fifth or sixth? What is it with the bleed count tonight? I have no clue. T- Ladies and gentlemen, Jeez. stay tuned for the replay. It's TNA bathed in blood. TNA has never been this way. Pay-per-view. Yeah. TNA will have the odd match like Abyss and Sabu or something like that, but something. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to get that Sunday Bloody Sunday it's music from you, too. It's a cage match pay-per-view. If you're not yeah. expecting blood no. in every single match oh. from oh. every single person, then you're watching the wrong pay-per-view. Flair lands on the tax. Flair back bumps on the tax. Wow. That's got to hurt. Oh, jeez. I can't imagine a, a guitar, a garbage can to the head can tickle that much. I, I'm, I'm, I'm finding... This whole thing to be very anticlimactic, and just like every uh, really, lethal really, lockdown is. I'm really, Dave, finding the need to go and watch war games when I get Abyss home. Abyss pins Desmond Wolf. Thank fuck, it's over with. Just like every other lethal lockdown there's ever been. Damn, Harmony, <laughs> what the fuck? Your woman needs attention. I guess. Yes. Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Well, wow. Sting goes into the tax, and Flair goes into the tax. And Jeff Hardy puts uh, James Storm through a table on top of the on top of the cage. Um, I, I, you ever seen gimmick tax with no points on them? Well, have you? They're sticking in skin. Well, so they no, gotta have I a... think they're sticking on skin, not in skin. I, I swear I saw some some pointless tax. As EZE sides with the baby faces, finally. And he gives the thumbs up to Jeff Hardy, who's atop of the lethal lockdown cage. Unbelievable. Wow. You know, it, it's it's really sad to see the ongoing necessity that Messrs. Flair, Bischoff, and Hogan <laughs> find that they need to continue and to involve themselves in these matches. And you know what? Um, uh, on one side of the coin tonight, you had amazing matches like like Angle and Anderson, yeah. And then we're subjected to this, and then they're all standing there clapping, and they think that this is great. Wow, what a great job we did in the main event with the lethal lockdown, and except for a couple of you know amazing spots, Hardy obviously off the top of the cage. Um, I don't know what to say. I really don't. <laughs> As JJ is shaking his head, Nature Boy walks three or four strides and then deliberately lands back first on the tax. To think all the money he earned for that spa is going to be going to one of his three ex-wives. 
That's a that's pretty. So you mean to say, Dave, that they love it when Rick bleeds? (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe not to that degree. Right. Oh boy, lockdown 2010 wraps up. It's one of the TNA's big three, and uh, Hulk Hogan is standing loud and proud. And Abyss still has his ring of fire. I've got a ring of fucking fire from watching this shit. How about that? Wow. can't believe I just said that. Uh, like I said, you don't have to wait until Thursday to get the follow-up on this, because they're all uh, on the first Greyhound to, to, to Orlando in about 15 minutes. It's unbelievable, ladies and gentlemen. As they're setting up sacrifice, where I guess we're going to sacrifice some more money to pay to watch it. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah. Fl- like I said, there were some good good aspects of the pay-per-view. I really yeah, enjoyed... Some great aspects I, I really of the enjoyed um, uh, Anderson and Angle. I enjoyed... Although I really thought the, the finish was weak, I, I enjoyed the match between the Pope and, and Styles. And, you know, there was some other interesting stuff, but it's all anticlimactic as far as, in my humble opinion, given the debauchery that was... Lethal lockdown. Well, like I said, this this pay per view wasn't a total bust. I mean, yeah, no, no. it kind of sucked. I don't want to be totally negative on no, the product. No, 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 no. There were some good things that did happen, but some of the finishes on in TNA. I mean, come on, this is kind of ridiculous. I, I have they to need admit, to simplify everything that they're doing, and they did uh, off of the January the fourth, uh, you know, reemergence of the whole promotion, and, and they we, we sat here on one Sunday Night Showdown, and, and went on for, for a while on how, in fact, that they have simplified everything. Well, all that seems to be out the door, and they're masterfully and strategically overbooking everything once again. Well, you know, and there was a report that Russo was kind of uh, kind of burnt out on the whole booking. Right. And, and I bring up Russo for a reason, because I want to speak on this. I don't know if you're aware of it. I'm pretty sure you are. There's a there's a very popular little podcast called Who's Slamming Who. Yeah. And it just seems to be <laughs> one of those podcasts that that is mired in controversy because of uh because of the whole Jim Cornette doing his uh, his rant each week on the program and uh, you know, I don't know if a lot of people are aware, maybe this is the first time you've heard this story, but apparently um Jim Cornette sent an email to Terry Taylor, and in this email, he was pretty uh, pretty bombastic about the way he felt about uh, one Vince Russo. Uh, to quote him in several things, he would kill Vince Russo if he could find a way not to go to prison or to pull it off. Uh, now, TNA responded once... Once they found out about this from so Terry Taylor, Terry gave it to somebody. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, once this kind of got out, Terry Taylor, I guess, showed it to the boys at TNA, and they apparently hired a law firm to send a letter to Jim Cornette. Uh, you know, threatening legal bit of a cease and desist. Yeah, pretty right. much. You know, threatening legal action. Now, Cornette came on the Who's Slamming Who and gave his side of the story and said that he didn't make any. Uh, remarks that should have got him in any, any kind of trouble. I'm sorry, but to me that is terroristic threatening, saying I would kill him if I had the opportunity and could get away with it. 
Uh, maybe it's just me, people. But when you make threats on somebody like that, whether he was just blowing hot air, whether it doesn't matter. We all hate Vince Russo. But you're never going to hear me say, well, I'd kill him if I had the opportunity. That's just a stupid move all the way around. And I don't know what's going to happen with, with Jim Cornette and this TNA thing. But for him to go on the on that podcast and say that, you know, it was all misfound and, you know. You should have said I was just kidding. Well, he should have he should have At owned up that he said yeah. that. Yeah. For one. But to say that, you know, it wasn't threatening. If you do something like that to the President of the United States, you will never be seen again. I mean, not that Vince Russo is the President of the United States, but I'm just bringing up a point here. Not a good idea. I think he should have kept his opinions to himself. And obviously he sent it to someone he thought was his friend and Terry Taylor. And I can completely understand venting to someone that you think is a friend, and he's obviously not friends with Terry Taylor anymore, which is unfortunate, because I think they had a, a long-term friendship. They did, But yes. you just need to watch what you do and what you say, and that's really just the bottom line there. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole, you know, triumvirate of, of Cornette, Russo, uh, Bischoff, obviously... Jim doesn't think too much of anybody at TNA um, and went off on it. Whether he was fired or whether he left is neither here nor there. And he's found some success and, and really, in my humble estimation, escalated the um, the whole show that is Ring of Honor on High Def Net. But, uh, um, yeah, the, what he did was uh, completely inexcusable, and he'll be lucky, very lucky, if he doesn't have to face some sort of uh, criminal uttering charges. And listen, nobody, uh, and Dave, you and I talked about this earlier in the week, uh, you know, the two guys that I think the most of in professional wrestling as far as what they've done, their opinions, their attitudes, their, and for me, their their sense of humor is unequivocally uh, Jim Cornette and, and Paulie Dangerously, Paul Heyman. Um, yet, the two of them have one thing in common, J.J., and that's the fact that over the course of their careers, they've said some really stupid things that have got them in an exorbitant amount of trouble. <laughs> and uh, once again, we've experienced it out of the mouth of the Louisville Slugger himself this past week on the uh, on the podcast that he did. And make no mistake, I wish Cornette Noel will. I mean, he's one of my favorite guys in this business, and... You know, Bischoff has said a lot of uh, really crappy things in regards to uh, Jim Cornette this past week, that he's the biggest con man in the business and all this and that. You know, and Bischoff, I think, kind of speaks out of context because he's one to talk. I mean, Bischoff conned his way into a lot of the things that he's done, conned his way into a big position uh, with WCW where he, you know, exploited the money of Ted Turner. And that's really the only way to explain it. So... Again, I think Bischoff needs to stay out of it, and, and I understand all parties involved, but at the end of the day, Cornette made some comments in private to a friend or someone he thought was a friend, and it shouldn't have got out. But either way, you shouldn't have said that. The fact that it's even in text form is, is a bad idea. We actually do have a caller on the line. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who is this? Your resident Australian, the yeah. nemesis. Hey, what's going on, man? 
After watching the biggest clusterfuck in pay-per-view history, I am quite literally shaking with anger. Hang on, Nim. Hang on. I, I gotta correct you. Just, I know you thought that was the biggest clusterfuck in internet wrestling history, but I have to say that the biggest one was December to Dismember. Yeah, but even that had slight credibility. You know, even that had, you know, some, like, actual results that made sense. For example, the Hardys beating Eminem. There have been worse TNA pay-per-views than this. There have been worse TNA pay-per-views than this one. Much. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. The thing is, is that I, uh, okay, admittedly, I have only been watching uh, TNA since around the time of uh, Victory Road last year, so I'm not quite familiar with the clusterfucks of TNA pay-per-views. Oh, well, then that's understandable. You've missed many, then. (laughs) Indeed. Thing is, um, I I would just like to rewind a little. If this is going to be a uh, slight quick preview for for, uh, Tombstone Thursday, which I would like to thank uh, Mr. JJ Sexy again for giving me the opportunity to do Tombstone Thursday. Uh, just rewinding to January 4, Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff in the ring. Eric Bischoff, quote, as, quote, as saying, and it's going to be great. Uh, and, 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 and to be honest, when he was saying this, it kind of looked like he was trying to talk himself into believing that it, that it was actually going, going to be great. And since then, has anything of TNA actually gotten better? And... With this lockdown pay-per-view, I have completely um uh, okay. My idea of TNA, I don't want to punch a ho- I don't want to punch a hole in my wall anymore. No, I want to punch a hole through my house, into the neighbor's house, and maybe down and maybe down the street a couple of friggin' blocks because I'm that pissed off with TNA's product. Admittedly, yes, there are some things that. Uh, going on that are right with the business. I did predict AJ Styles getting over. Couldn't see Pope becoming world champion. Should have become world champion, but you never saw him going... I didn't see him going over. But for that lethal lockdown match to happen as the final match on the card, and how many spots weren't botched? Seriously want to ask that. How many spots weren't botched in that match? Now, there was quite a few uh, botched spots tonight. A lot. Like, yeah. You have eight... Uh, in fact, you have six huge stars in TNA. Two of the biggest um, free agents just newly signed to TNA, who have basically now become the new Charlie Haas of TNA, because they're freaking jobbing everyone. And... You basically have the match where it puts over Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff, Ric Flair. Well done, TNA. No, I would agree with that. But, I mean, they have made some strides and made some of the product better. It's not a total clusterfuck. I mean, since they've come in, some things, the production values have gotten a lot better. The rating has actually been somewhat better than it was, you know, minus the one week Shawn Michaels retired than they were getting before. Well, I mean, Dixie even confirmed it earlier tonight that 
they're going to permanently keep on that Thursday replay so that people who can't catch Raw or Impact on Mondays because they're watching Raw can watch it on Thursdays, and they'll just take the combined rating, just like any other cable show well, has David, it, it, 63 reruns once a week before it, their original. It's funny week. how she changed her tune about that because a couple of short weeks ago, Ms. Carter was lamenting the fact that, no, we're not going to have a replay anymore, and that if you want to see our product, you got to tune in on Monday nights. And, and as she said that, and a couple of weeks passed, JJ, uh, where she watched the ratings go into the tank. Wow, she changed her tune. Well, that was that wasn't a decision based on Dixie Carter. That was a Spike TV network decision because they saw that they were getting their ass handed to yep. them. Well, I mean, when sure. when Spike usually at least once a week had like a CSI marathon or a or a Star Wars marathon or a Star Trek Voyager or a marathon. marathon. Yeah. Uh, Spike just doesn't have a lot of original programming. I mean, the original programming they have, I like. I don't mind it, but um, like that Deadliest Warrior is an interesting show. That's a great show. Mancers I'm not a big fan of. But oh, Mancers is awesome, dude. <laughs> I, I like the 1,000 Ways to thousand Die. 1,000 Ways to Die, yeah. That that Northmount High School, what is it, Blue Mount? Blue Mountain. I've seen that a couple times. That's right. pretty funny. That's all right. That's pretty funny. It's kind of like a modern-day animal house. Yeah, but, uh, Nim, is there anything else, bro? Um, just on what you were explaining before about the Cornette and Bischoff situation and Russo, to be honest, uh, I've been a huge fan of Cornette for years, basically since he was in the WWF. I'm a huge fan of him. He has made absolutely no, um, well, he basically hasn't watered down the fact that he would like to inflict massive bodily injury on Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara from their um, portrayal of Jim Ross in um, uh, world's crappiest wrestling. And uh, for him to come out and say, obviously, yes, it was over the top. I, I've got no problem with you know, stating to say, yes, it was over top for him to message a friend to say, I wish, I wish Russo would die. Thing is, I have a problem with Eric Bischoff stepping in and saying that, uh, you know, he shouldn't do this. This is, uh, and, and, you know, he's on Ring of Honor probably working for free or this, that, and the other. Um, apart from it being smothered in TNA, what does Bischoff have to do with it? In, in all honesty, what does Bischoff have to do with Jim Cornette emailing Terry Taylor and saying, look, I have absolutely no beef with everyone else in TNA, but I don't like Vince Russo? I see where you're going with that. It, it's it's that... It's, um, in my... In my article, I basically, and I basically left no bones about it, I said, Eric, shut the fuck up. You've been sucking Hogan off for the last 14 years. You're going to continue doing it. Don't stick your head into other people's business like you have been for fucking God knows how, for God knows how long. It's not your bones. If Vince Russo wants to call Jim Cornette and say, hey, let's meet in the car park, I'm sure that'd be a fantastic pay-per-view match. But don't get Eric, but Eric Eric should not get involved in this at all. It should be between Vince Russo and Jim Cornette. That's it. No, I would agree with that. Anything else, bro? We're fixing to wrap this up and uh, and get the hell out of here. 
No problems, guys. Uh, thank you very much for letting me call in for the Sunday Night Showdown, and um, hope, I'll get some more promos to you, JJ, by the way, Mike. Yeah, man, and we'll, we'll get working on uh, this uh, Tombstone Thursdays, all right? Thanks for that, mate. Thanks for letting me call in. See you, guys. All right, guys. Uh, with that said, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. It's uh... <laughs> Siciliano? What? What about Siciliano? Wouldn't he want to call in? Well, I've, I'm ending the show, Dave, oh, so right. I guess not. Okay. All right, guys. With that said, this has been uh, your continuing pay-per-view coverage of TNA Lockdown. And uh, what a night it's been. Dave, why don't you run down the card one last time, give everybody the results, what happened from start to finish. Sure. Rob Van Dam defeats James Storm. Homicide over Alex Shelley, Chris Sabin, and Brian Kendrick. Kevin Nash over Eric Young. Madison Rain becomes the new knockout champion because she got the pin over Tara. So once again, the women's title changes hands without the person holding the belt being pinned. And, which made no sense at all, Tara turns on Angelina. Didn't make any sense. Kazarian over Shannon Moore in Homicide to become the new X Division champion because uh, <clears throat> Doug Williams could not uh, make the trip from England. Team 3D over Scott Hall and Kevin Nash because Sean Waltman thinks he's not getting paid enough. Kurt Angle over Mr. Anderson in a very good match. AJ Styles over D'Angelo De Niro in a very good match. And Team Hogan over Team Flair in the annual Lethal Lockdown Clusterfuck. I was waiting for and a very good match. Apparently not for that one. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Uh, you know what, guys? On behalf of... Uh, Harmony, Boom Boom, Sexay, Mark the Shark DiCarlo, the worldwide phenomenon that is Internet Dave, and of course me, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay. We will see you guys next week, obviously, for another edition of uh, Sunday Night Showdown. We should have a Quick Picks on Saturday, so as far as I know, that is a go. You can join us again right here, Quick Picks, next Saturday night, and then, of course Sunday, we're back for Extreme Rules, which is going to be a very interesting pay-per-view, to say the least, as we look forward to the draft the next night. So I'm sure we'll have our picks and stuff for who's going where, why, and all that stuff uh, next Sunday night. Of course, don't forget tomorrow night, Wrestling News Live. Myself and the Trey Dog will cover the fallout from what's going to be a very interesting show tomorrow for the WWE. Will it be Raw? Will it be SmackDown? Well, we're going to find out tomorrow night for sure. And, of course, Tuesday is Unplugged, and, of course, the Carnage crew before Unplugged. Uh, other shows going on in the week, we've got the Lounge on Friday nights after SmackDown, and, of course, the Pro Wrestling Rewind on Saturday as well. They'll be debuting, of course, before us on Quick Picks next Saturday night. With that said, guys, we are out of here, and it's apropos that I would end the show with this. Good night, everybody.